Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am one of your three hosts, as always, the one Wade Mariano, joined here, as always, by... Trace Finicaro. And, uh... Snakeface Slytherini. And that's a one Gunner Kennedy. Salazar Slytherin. And for some reason, I said the word always, like, four times in that span of 20 seconds. It's been a long day, boys. Well, you have to catch up. Your Your ghost self is chasing you. But I tell you what, it's been a longer, probably week for Spectrum Cable. Is that or is it just called? Is it just Spectrum? So Charter Charter Communications is the parent company. Okay. And uh, and Spectrum is the uh, the brand that they apply to the uh, cable and internet. So Spectrum is the the household term that we're all using right now in New York State. We used to be used Time Warner. That was kind of like the the staple in New York. Yeah, it was a pretty cool buyout because Spectrum was smaller, and they bought out um, they bought out Time Warner, which was a l- larger cable company. Um, and then all of a sudden, everybody, um, or at least a, a, a huge portion of New York State, uh, switched from Time Warner over to Spectrum. And interestingly enough, um, Time Warner, even despite the name, you know, like Time Magazine and Warner Brothers. Uh, Time Warner Cable actually um, had, had been split from them for quite a while. Um, so the, uh, the the name Time Warner really no longer had anything to do with the parent company that used to own them. They were operating as their own cable company. Strictly a name. Yeah. A name and, and, and that's it. Well, actually, because I, I believe the original divest, divesture of that was uh, in part because of that whole AOL time merger, right? Yeah, I believe so. So the gist of it is, um, in 2016, so roughly two years ago, when Spectrum agreed to purchase Time Warner, uh, they had made some. They were allowed to purchase the company with some promises and commitments, and um, you know they were supposed to develop a certain amount of households. And uh, Spectrum is arguing that so they were audited last month or two months ago. Actually, no, I think it was in March. I think in March they did the audit. And the audit found that they were essentially, it looks like the numbers were inflated. Like, because Spectrum was saying, well, we're already, you know, we're two years into a five-year deal because that's what the agreement was, five years. We're already a third of the way for what we did from a strictly numbers standpoint. However, a big portion of that uh, commitment was expanding the infrastructure out to rural areas that did not have access to the broadband that a lot of their, you know, the suburban customers or city customers did have. And essentially from what it looks like and what I've heard and from someone that we have that that's with us today that could probably attest to it, they've like not made any type of initiative to improve those or build any infrastructure out there to give people access to it. Yeah, Spectrum's meeting their goals from a numbers perspective, but what New York State is arguing is that the areas that they're servicing already had cable. The ones that they're getting more service to already had, uh, they already had internet in those areas. So um, New York State is saying that they're trying to beat it with a numbers game, and they're actually, um, they actually aren't fulfilling their agreement to the contract, which was to get into the rural areas. Well, because the other caveat caveat is um, Verizon got, their unmentionables clipped earlier because this is a common tech what a common you know and why would we do like detailed research before we start talking about these things in a legally liable way but 
um, what they'll say is that in theory, even though I have a four year, I have a two to four year wait for them to finish their rollout in my neighborhood, I have Time Warner service because it's within, there is a terminating data, there's a terminating trunk line within so many feet of the road that I'm on. But to get it finished would one require their approval and effectively it's a $30,000, it's a 30,000 call just to even get the process started because they, they if they do not roll that line out themselves, that is what they're going to bill me just to get it down from the end of my road, which is not even, which is literally less than a tenth of a mile. But it's going to be like something like $30,000 to get a fucking cable down there. So, so Gunner, it sounds like you're actually impacted by what New York State is calling bullshit on, um, on, on Spectrum. Uh, what the article says is that there was 140,000 areas mm-hmm. in New York State that were promised access and don't have it. So what you're saying, Gunner, is that they're claiming that they've run cable to the to your area um, even though it's inaccessible. So that's even stranger. That's even stranger. It's, you know, the accusation New York State's saying is that they, they're running it to places that already have internet. But in your case... That it's even more of a smokescreen, right? They're they're trying to take credit for 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 building the infrastructure, which good for them they did, but they didn't finish the job. Right. It's almost like, see, we provided the air, the internet to this area. No one it, could it, fucking use it. It's it's it's, it, it's capable. It's capable of being used. It's like running uh, public drinking water through through a city, and and providing no reasonable or affordable way for the homeowners to, to tap well, it's it. almost like running a public water line and just telling every every homeowner or apartment building owner or whatever like give us thirty thousand dollars and you can hook in i mean you know and again not kind of, this that's its own separate discussion like it is is uh you know a little bit a bit of backstory uh mr finicaro here had been in a previous life been something of a community organizer to get a public uh, a public space created and I hadn't I talked to that, but like I got to the point, I'm at the point where I'm looking like what's in theory really required to start like a fucking public ISP in Mooresville because the frontier is absolute dog duty. And if I have to get a fucking wireless mesh network put up, you know, I know enough farm, I know enough farmers who aren't Mennonites around in there that like as long as nobody's like doing multi gigabit links, I it's just it, the. It, we're at the point where I can't even get consistent like um, DSL connections out there, and it's a bitch because I gotta like do you know never mind my mother works from home I gotta freaking dial in as part of the IT support gig but yeah it, it, and it, the thing is I can literally fucking see Spectrum's and terminal link from my fucking house like not binoculars i like there's the fucking pole that's where the line ends and they're like the salespeople keep calling me up saying because i had originally scheduled a like a, a call just because they said it was available in my area and this is this is, again this is where this horse hockey comes in is they oh it's available in your area actually we're not going to build it out to that road until 20 2020 2021 and the sales staff are getting the sales staff are getting told that the service is available out there, but when you actually talk to the implementation people, they're like, "Too bad, so sad." Your dad. And frankly, like, this is kind of interesting because I am one of the people that live in the village of Canastota, where it has been kind of boosted. Like, I have 
400 megs a second internet like it's blazing fast where it was before the best you could do for a lot of more money with time warner was like 100 and i my, my cable bill is like very very cable and internet bill is super super affordable so you get people like us who are frankly the majority they're like oh this is awesome i'm kind of bummed for spectrum but then i hear shit like that and it's like no because if you kick the can down the road far enough oh we, we didn't meet everything or we didn't meet everything we're gonna need more time or no, more money or they they once again get installed as the utility and then they just do whatever the fuck they want and uh, you know a good friend of mine works for spectrum and he he, he sees it a little Sorry, bit sir. differently um he says that that spectrum is has, is meeting their their contractual obligations and and what, what he says is that the actual build out that they're saying isn't happening um, he claims it's actual it's actual politics that the that the governor of, of New York State just wants people to like him and one of the easiest ways to oh, do yes. it is to target the, the the one company everybody hates which is their cable company so part of me wants to believe the conspiracy um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Wade. I, I'm happy with the service, but uh, but at the same token, they have done some shady stuff. So when they originally purchased Time Warner, um, like you said, it's about two years ago. Um, in order for them to, and Time Warner at the time was the second largest cable company in the United States. So Comcast is number one. Time Warner was number two. With the buyout, now Spectrum um, has become number two for the cable company. Um, but when they did the buyout, they didn't have a way to maintain all of the packages that Time Warner offered. And by packages, I'm not just talking internet speeds. I'm talking about the weird, strange combinations like fran- of channels. The franchise agreements that they had with different... Exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. So um, there's certain channels that, that when you had Time Warner cable, certain channels would come in with the subscription. And with Spectrum, they couldn't offer it. So what they did is they grandfathered in these people. And the only way that they could do that was to create promotional packages for them in order to get them on board well those promotional packages were all put into their system for two years spectrum was under the hopes that in two years they could get the vast majority of New Yorkers to make at least one change to their plan so that they could bump them onto a spectrum policy but what happened was a lot of them didn't because a lot of them were happy with the package that Time Warner had provided. So two years later, all of a sudden, and, and people listening are gonna—they're gonna be like, "Hey, I remember this happening. I believe it was around January or February, mm-hmm. which was almost two years after the the uh, the buyout." Two years later, everybody's Time Warner bill just went up a little bit, and people are like, "Well, why did my bill just go up?" And uh, what had happened was, is their uh, the promotional package had expired. And now it went up higher than what they were used to. It went up higher than what they had agreed with Time Warner. And then when they call Spectrum to complain, Spectrum offers them some completely different package. So I kind of understand why New York is is upset with them because from a consumer perspective, I got no warning, number one, that was being put into a promotional package, and number two, that it was going to expire. And then when I called them to dispute the increased price, you know what they made me do? They made me buy yet a higher package. Now, to, to your point, Wade, it was better. It was more bang for my buck. But at the end of the day, some people don't care about getting a bang for the buck. They just want to get on the internet and they don't want their bill to go up five, 10, 15, $20 a month. And when you combine that with cable, it can go up even more. And when they're already doing the, uh, the bait and switch bullshit, getting new people on it, it, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like they're just, they're just a target for all attacks, right? Even if they were a saint company, they're the target for attacks. Well, and they have one other problem, which is that um, despite um, our friend, you know, again, not, not that this is not on him, but Time Warner 
um, basically stopped doing capital investments like <clears throat> two two year like two three years before the merger because they didn't want to they didn't want to dump a bunch of money like they're trying to stall out keep their outlay caught you know basically their their retained cash on hand as high as possible so that whoever bought, like they were a more attractive target for buyout because remember there was a whole thing with AT&T and that basically the AT&T deal fell through and then they tried Comcast and Comcast didn't go and then Charter was kind of like the last option right I don't know well no but like Charter Charter was not Charter was not the first party to that wholesale like the they got that that deal got quashed by the Obama administration originally because again, they're they're trying they're trying to keep you know like they were trying to keep consolidation down, and then there was like some weird there was like some weird stuff with as far as untangling. Yeah, well, whenever the number one right. buys the number two, it's a pretty big problem, right? From well, a market perspective, I, mean, I have been a Comcast um, consumer when I lived in Connecticut. It is by far the worst uh, service, and I'm not even talking from like. From a cable provider, I mean the worst fucking company to deal with. Period. These, they suck. They suck, and they suck because there are no other options, like no viable options, no real. Like, well, satellite. No, fuck satellite. If 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 the weather's shitty, guess what? I live in central New York in the Northeast. The weather gets shitty a lot around here. And satellite, satellite only works if the only thing that you're doing is downloading. Right. The moment um, that you need live interaction with somebody. Um, there's too much latency in a satellite internet connection. Well, in satellite the- is so slow that sometimes um, it'll use your home phone line <laughs> for upload. It'll use the satellite for download. It'll use your home phone line for upload. It is a strange, strange, very slow technology, and it really should only be used in, in places where there really is no other option, which means no cell towers, no phone lines, because DSL is better. DSL it, it um, DSL is 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 better. I guess ADSL, I guess, is the is the proper term for it. But DSL is actually um, better through the old phone line. You know, making your phone lines go and do the fax sound. That's actually better than satellite from a bandwidth and a latency perspective. You can actually video game on DSL. Yeah, I mean, Greg does. Greg has DSL, and he's out. Not not exactly yeah, next to Gunner, but he's he, near no, you. He's, he's he's down the road from me. Like, he's, how's his pings? Uh, I wouldn't know, but. Um, do they have them on console? They do don't really. Oh. No, there's I mean, not really. There's some stuff you can. There's some stuff you can do to test it, but it, it, it's it's also like effectively, um, that's a crapshoot. That's a crapshoot too, because most of the DSL providers are not doing like equipment repair in right. their, their rural locations. That basically, as well, circuits are burning out, they're well, just it's, moving it's, stuff over. I, I really can't blame them either. I mean. What the what the hell do they need those lines for? Well, no, so, but then this they gets don't, nobody's this. using them for home phone lines, so it's just the few people that just happen to be stuck with them for internet. Uh, yeah, and this gets this really starts getting into some like there is legal weasel technical technicality bullshit that they get through, but I guess the gist of it is is that as we are watching conventional telephony die. You have to have an IP connection because the the thing is, is we have that issue now. Like there, the 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 frontier service kind of works in power issue. You know, like you know, like they're letting that equipment they're letting that equipment rot. Front frontier being being the phone the frontier the landline. Is, frontier, yeah, frontier is the land the the telecom provider out where I live. Okay, they're the only ones that actually have like cable runs. 
mean, like, you can get Time Warner, and depending on if you're coming up the Oxbow or something like that, but, sorry, Spectrum, um, but, um, the Frontier is the one that's coming out of Mooresville proper, and, you know, that's, they have a trunk line going through, um, what is it, what's the road that comes through the, the major state route? 20. 20, yeah, I mean, like, they have, they have a trunk line coming down along that, so service in town is fine. But you also have Time Warner. Or sorry, I guess again, you have Spectrum out there. It's been so long since I had to deal with them. I can't think you of them as anything else. You probably won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, well, no. But and the thing is, is that like you know, you'll see all the placards on people's front front lawns, and it's like, well, get where you know, like you, the internet, you know, like the the middle of nowhere, because they'll get like the promotional like ten ten dollars off or something like that if they stick the sign out front. But everybody's going to freaking Wi-Fi hotspots or something like that, and meanwhile they have bandwidth constraints and stuff like that. Yeah. The, um, so when you say Wi-Fi hotspots, you're talking about using a cellular network. Yeah, yes, you're you're yeah. using you're using AT and T or Verizon or T Mobile, and I mean like that's actually the most effed up thing is that T Mobile, out of all of them was the fastest connection up there as far as actually and, doing access points. And some of them offer stuff. offer packages where they'll they'll f- they'll just waive all of your video streaming, right? They'll, they'll be like, "Well, Netflix and yes. YouTube are free well, or or HBO is free yep, if you, you use get, our you service." Yep. You can get a package because basically they're running their own they're running their own dedicated uh, mirroring s- systems for it. Um, but so I, they again, keep a copy, they'll keep a copy of Orange is the New Black. They'll keep a copy of it somewhere, um, so that they're not paying for the bandwidth to your, uh, to your hotspot. Yep, and, and you know, and again, it, it's it's where where the 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 main problem is is that we are physically we are physically limited by how much wire we can throw in one location, and because of the fact that we've we this whole model is based on this idea of the franchise agreement. Basically, franchise agreements are exclusive, and it's why you've seen so many like fights going back and forth over having like community, like people doing community broadband and stuff like that. Because there is an actual like, what is it? Not level three or something. You know, like there's an actual there's an actual main trunk in Mooresville because that's what they that's what they're spliced. You know, like the SUNY Mooresville, that's what they're spliced into. So if someone was some if someone was like able to sell that idea we could probably actually get a community what you know like we could get a community IP, isp out there but that means that we have to get permission to run you'd either have to get permission to run wires on poles that frontier is already using or spectrum is using so and one thing we toyed around with was the idea of of, of beaming wireless from a place that had a hard line to a place that yes. did not have a hard line and uh it seemed pretty viable like when we were looking into it so it was for a friend of mine he lived about maybe four miles from my father's house my father had at the time my father had uh had internet service uh through through uh, a cable line and the the place we wanted to beam it to it was not run to his area and my father just happened to have this old farm that he bought you know, like 40 years ago and at this at this farm was a silo which was like i don't know maybe like five stories high so we always talked about the idea of just climbing the silo which you could we used to climb it throw a like a cantenna or something on there and for people listening that, that don't know what that is it's like it's like a there used to be a method we get a pringles can cut a hole in it 
and actually make your own um, uh, like concentrated Wi-Fi uh, antenna. And you could do a point-to-point -point where you point one can and you could actually uh, have communicate over a much larger distance using a router you'd have at home. And uh, the idea caught on and somebody actually uh, patented the the name Cantenna. You could just buy a Cantenna. So of course this was before this was before all of that, but we were we were actually looking into making the directional Cantenna, throwing it on top of the silo. And technologically, I think it was all going to work. Um, it was we were within range. Um, I, we might have needed to put a booster on it, but we were within range, and he would have been been able to use the internet with latency, of course, because it's going over the airwaves. Um, through the cantenna, but uh, you would need to know somebody in the area, not only that has an internet that's fast enough, but yep. also to have something way up in the air that could that could beam down to where you're living, right? Yep. I mean, like, there was, although the, the range was a little bit more, um, there were some, I, I will neither confirm nor deny there was some planning of, if we put, uh, we put a something so many foot mast antenna or a boom antenna out in the back pasture and I put a boom antenna down in the house in Canastota back when I was living there and it's like what's the exact line of sight you know can I do do I have to do multi-band where it's basically three different you know like there's a radio and an optical component and it's like just you know because one um we're masochist and we don't have you know we just when we come to a problem, I mean, like your 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 threshold for bullshit is a little less than than mine, but I will engage. I will engage that. I got an idea. It's called drone duty, okay. And what it is is you're gonna get that fucking cantenna thing. You're gonna put it on one of those GPS enabled, super fucking accurate drones. And what it's gonna do is it's just gonna hang out there with an antenna for you, and it's going to beam it. And you can talk to it through standard wireless. It'll use the Cantenna to beam it. And they can carry a fucking Cantenna. It's a fucking drone. Those drones can carry some stuff. They can carry like a GoPro. Yep. They can carry a Cantenna. And what'll happen is when the fucking battery dies, it'll just go back and dock. And then the other drone that you already have with a backup Cantenna is going to be on drone duty. And they're just going to keep swapping back and forth on drone duty. So you don't actually need to have a pole. You just need a drone flying around 24-7. So they need to And they then to take winter turns. came. Stop being so negative. And nothing flew. <laughs> and if it did, it, ended, it went the way of the gyrocopter and crack Santa. <laughs> in a burning heap and the neighbor went duck hunting oh that wasn't a duck yeah no that, shit that was my oh especially out there right that was my three thousand dollar drone what's that fucking down. drone doing up there well, it's my, spying on me when i'm changing this was my airspace my, for all intents brother-in-law that's that's it that's his vice now so he's always buzzing he's always uh, larry that drone saw what i did to the pig so it was recording i saw a blinking light me in love with conspiracy theories. Uh, I want to touch more on the aspect of <clears throat> Cuomo becoming a or try and attempting to be some like you know champion of the of the downtrodden well, and the oppressed. Because what's her face there? Nixon was Nixon was basically he he has been saying he's been enabling all this weird. You know, all this weird backroom bullshit that they had going down and 
Because, you know, the New York political establishment is this massively corrupt thing. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like, like anybody that thinks like Cuomo, this is like it's just the mass so and fucking like, uneducated. Was, and and I, again, I, I wish, I wish I could uh, see. This, this is why I'm uninformed, and I wish I could remember her full name. But uh, was it Cynthia Nixon? Right, dude, you, I have no idea. Lady you, this Sex, is all she's you. She's the actress from Sex and the City, but she's actually, she's actually, she there, there. Look, there's a very, there was a very real chance that Andrew or Andrew Cuomo was going to get primaried. Yeah, oh yeah, no. This, he this, wants this. to. He's make like and this. Like they're this making is all these be... backroom deals. Like they're basically there was this whole like split in the Democratic Party in New York State, and like he got he got them to shut up and got back together. Yeah, this is his twenty twenty like well, primary he's... like Bush. Like this is what he he's. This is why I'm pretty sure Spectrum is definitely doomed because I think. Like he wants to be, I championed this. They tried to bullshit us, the big business, and I look what I did. He's already got somebody lined up, probably some schmuck that like owes him a favor that he owes a favor now, you know, to purchase it for a good fucking price. I mean, I'm not trying to feel sympathetic to Spectrum because they were they were bullshit too. You know what I mean? Like any, they were full of it. They weren't doing what they should have been doing. You know, like well, or what the what what the community felt like they should have been doing. However, that being said. Anybody that thinks that Cuomo is some knight in shining armor is wrong. He's a sleazeball, just like the rest of them involved in politics in the state of New York. And I don't care what party you're from. You're all pretty much pieces of shit. Yeah, and sometimes I think when, when you have these natural monopolies like, uh, like Internet and cable television, s- some people think that it's because it's just corporate greed. And, of course, corporations are naturally greedy i mean that's how they survive right a corporation is like it, it it operates as something that will do what it can to be profitable it's group mentality it's majority mentality i mean you can't it's the good you have to take the good and the bad in it the good it continues to grow it's very very difficult to defeat it's 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 it thrives right but the bad is there's shit in the wake that it had to consume to to get so big yeah and but when it comes to these natural monopolies, one thing that people don't really, I don't think they really think about too much is the reason that it's a natural monopoly is because it's a, it's actually a very difficult business to be profitable with. You know, Gunnar was talking about creating his own ISP in his neighborhood. Well, that's a pretty cool idea, it's right? A, he, it's but, a, but it's also a massive amount of work. All it takes, all it takes is is two people on that network that like to watch 4K television Mm -hmm. and the entire pipe is consumed and nobody can use it so what you have to do is you have to get four times the consumption that you need and then you have to try to get money back on that consumption and it's it's a it's a it's a very difficult business to exist in which is why there's not too many companies doing it and the only way that they can really do it is by making a very difficult business decisions some of them are are to benefit themselves and some of them are to benefit uh, uh customer service and some of them benefit both um one of the things that that um my friend sean told me about spectrum was that they were all about consolidating the hardware now from from a consumer perspective i like this because i've been walking into people's homes and every home i walk into has a completely different cable box now from a support perspective that will cost more support dollars from a corporation however to replace them all is going to cost money too and it's a difficult decision do you replace often do you only replace when they break 
What do you do um, in terms of repair? Do you just replace with new, or do you have a shop that tries to repair them? And we, there used to be an exchange station that was close to us, and they shut down. And to me, that was a sign that Time Warner was really struggling uh, uh, from a hardware perspective because the one place that you could go pay your bill in person and exchange your hardware just a little tiny office uh, that one office um, had shut down well in you know part of that too was that um, I don't know if you you know anecdotal evidence aside uh, at one point they were just taking stuff back like people were not getting new equipment from them because Time Warner was so was handing out such trash that people were going and buying, you know, like in part, like part of this is like a value add service, but the equipment that Time Warner was distributing at that point in general was such trash that people were going out and just buying their own. And that's something that's interesting that hasn't really happened to the cable industry is the bring your own, right? It happened. It's finally, it's finally happened in the cell phone industry. It's taken a long time. Well, but that that's also that's also part of this whole like. I buy, you know, like I don't get long-term plans. I'm just, you know, like there. It's like everywhere else in the world where I pay as, you know, you pay as you go. You just buy yeah, a sim and freaking. Yeah, it's like getting a new car, right? You walk into a dealership, you drive away a new car. Like it's put on the road. It's everything that that you need is right there. And what you're doing is you're just putting yourself in debt with, with those cable boxes. You're, you, you know, you're really renting them from the cable company and it's funny because this has all been done before right when the old phone lines used to were run to people's homes there was a point in time where the technology to talk to that phone line was only accessible through the phone company and if you had a phone you were actually renting it you remember those the old the old rotary phones up until the point up until the point that we finally got my grandmother out of the house down on 31 after my grandfather passed away they still had their fucking dial their dial their black yeah it, 18 it, their black ma bell yeah it was issued by the phone wired company. to wired you had to, to the pay, wall you had to pay rent a, on that they, they still had they still had a working party line down there just to give you an idea of how like Jesus Christ! The party line. There was a yes. There was. It was still. It. They still had like their their local exchange, was still a fucking party line. Like there was glitches every now and then because basically they cobbed it in. But yes, they were that. I'm actually. I'm not sure if it was Verizon or again. You get into the whole like who owns what after what period of time, but they had a party line even going into the 90s in the 2000s. Dude, that's crazy. So for people that. Don't know what a party line is. Did you have a party line when you were growing up? Trace? I don't believe so. Do you, do you know what a party? Do I actually say? Are you so familiar you, with this term, Mister Finnecker? You like pool all these different people together, right? That pay this one phone bill and they can call whoever they want. However, you don't have exclusive rights to the line, so you could try and be call, to, to be calling to make a phone call, and other people are on the line, and unless like it's an emergency, it's like you had to actually work with your community members and, and who was part of your party line. Like, hey. uh, Something serious is happening. I need you to get off the fucking phone so I can call the hospital or call it's like It's like an old family plan, except um, instead of running out of data, you were just limited to who could use it so at, and, at one and, point and, in time. You know, and again, like you talk about, you don't poke around and stuff like as we got through, as we started going through and just settling things on that. And like just when we relocated my grandmother, they were still charging charging them a fucking lease fee. The company had gone out of, like there were, there were two companies out and they were still charging them a lease on that phone like multiple like multiple like tens of thousands of dollars in aggregate over the life of this phone 
and it's the fucking little dial one. It's not, you it's know, a good it, bus- it's a good business <laughs> model. Yes. Well, it's it's what they tried to do with the cable boxes and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that they do though. Well, they do. You pay a fee on every one. But you do now. Uh, you didn't used to. Well, but in that's it's also kind of like because they, they were able to successfully squash cable card because one to make cable card cable card was way too difficult to configure correctly. But it's also this whole deal is that. Like on the internet side, things just change. I think they too still fast. offer a card. Well, what I don't like about cable card is they charge a fee for it. So, yeah. do you know what the cable card is? I have no idea. No. So the cable card allows you to go buy your own TiVo box, pl- plug it in, and then since the TiVo isn't issued by Spectrum or or Comcast or whoever, in order for it to be able to, uh, to get access to the content, it uses kind of like a like a like a flash card that clips into the back and that flash card gives the TiVo the instructions to decrypt all the content. So you can you can put a third party um, box um, and it can ride on a network it wasn't designed to be ridden on. I think they still offer those cards, but what's interesting is they charge you a decent amount for them. I think they're five bucks a month. And what bothers me about that is if you really want to get your return on investment from like going and buying your own TiVo, and TiVo's, um, for those who who's, they've, everybody's heard of TiVo, but I don't think anybody's ever used one. TiVo is like, somehow they still exist, but they are a DVR cable box system that you can buy and put on any cable provider. You can put them on Comcast, you can put them on uh, Spectrum, and you can put them on uh, you know, Bright House or whatever else is out there. It, but what you need though is you need that card to clip into the back. The problem is is that the, the lower model TiVo I believe is 300 bucks. The higher model is 600 bucks. The main difference between the two is the $600 TiVo, you don't have to pay royalties every month. So what happens is you go and you buy this cable box, you spend cash on a cable box because you don't want to have that monthly bill from the cable company and you want to have your cool features that the TiVo comes with. But if you don't buy the higher tier, you got to keep paying TiVo. I don't believe it's a lot. I think it's something like 20 bucks a year. But you still have to pay them royalties. Then you have to pay 5 bucks a month to the cable company, right? So you're spending $80 a year to keep a box. It, you don't really get your return on investment year, year over year. You might as well just rent the one from the cable company, not have to deal with this fucking bullshit card that goes into the back of it. So I think that cable cards, I think the FCC should rule cable cards as they have to be free, well, because there should be no fucking licensing on that thing. There is no, there should be no maintenance on that thing. It is just a card that clips into the back of the box. You got a full blown DVR. I understand it's got an end of life, but you got some card that clips into the back. No, I'm sorry. That's like charging somebody five dollars a month for a SIM card. No, yeah. not for the card itself. Well, and you know, and again, part of it is like the uptake on this stuff too. But um. This the the whole the whole cable tuner situation is the biggest the biggest kind of flag. It didn't stop, right? That's gone. Okay, because I hear we're ticking. Now, um, it, it the cable card there the the tuner situation is kind of the biggest indicator of how like just non-competitive that entire market is, because again, you know, we, as a per as 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 people who may or may not ha- be in the know of people who had different cable a different cable box than the standard one that time warner was distributing at the time you know again like there there are there are certain technological you know like there are certain technological shortcomings with the equipment that was that it's considered 
specifically, and I know that Spectrum Spectrum has actually I wouldn't know because I haven't been able to see a fucking Spectrum cable connection in how many fucking years. Um, but just the 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 proprietary nature of each of these digital networks, you know, it's like this is the whole encrypting content is a solved problem. I mean, like you know, it's, yeah, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't be a drama. And like you talk about the cable card thing, and part of it too is that I. The number of failed attempts to deploy a cable card system in a major metropolitan area outweighs the successful ones. And this is like with all the fucking techs, like, you know, this was, we are doing our best to do the fuck, even like to show that this is not a bullshit, like we are not making this deliberately bullshit. And between Microsoft and Verizon or Time Warner or the the maker of the device themselves, it's like it's multi days and they still don't quite work right. So you know, again, it's this idea. It's technically technically you turned a TV on and you saw a picture, so mission accomplished, and that like maybe meets the legal definition, which also goes into the idea of these contract you know these contracts. You know, like not to not to bag on too much on uh, the as I'm smacking things while we're trying to fucking be quiet here. Um, not to bag too much on that, but like just because you live up to a contractual agreement doesn't the word of a contractual agreement doesn't mean that you meet the the spirit of it. And well, and, and that's where the FCC is supposed to be a regulatory body, right? Yeah, but they told and, us to eat shit. And, and that's well, yeah, they kind of did. But one thing the FCC did is they stepped in and they they they, they defined what broadband meant, right? Mm-hmm. And they did that. I don't know how long ago it was, but that's an interesting thing because mm-hmm. as soon as they defined what broadband was, most people that had cable internet did not fall into the definition of broadband. Yep. They were actually too slow. I believe they defined broadband as a hundred megabits per second or faster. And at that time, I had the Time Warner's basic plan. It wasn't the lowest plan. It was their basic plan for internet. And mine was only 30 megs a second. Now, for me as a consumer, and I'm an IT guy, for me as a consumer, 30 megs a second was okay. Uh, my problem was actually with the terribly slow upload speeds. If I Which wanted is still to upload a problem, stuff, by the way, it <clears throat> is definitely still a problem. Yes, <clears throat> it, it's much faster now. Uh, now that we, they switched to Spectrum, it's much faster upload, but it's still a, a, a tiny fraction wow. of the download speeds. And um, People might be like, well, why do you need to upload? Well, that question made sense before the cloud. Now with the cloud, everything's being uploaded, Uh right? This podcast right now, as we're recording it, we're recording three audio channels and we're, we're recording them as waves. Now, it's a pretty pretty high payload of data, but we would have no problem downloading three waves at, at once through Wade's internet. But there is no chance we can upload three. And we know that because because as we're syncing this, we, we back up all of our episodes immediately. As we're syncing this, it takes an additional 30 minutes after the show's recorded for everything to finish uploading. And that's a sign that, you know, that the download isn't as good as the upload. And, and that's definitely a problem that I have with them. But what it did do, though, is it did put a little bit of pressure on Spectrum as an internet provider to make sure that they met what uh, what uh, broadband was considered. The other thing FCC did is they, they declared uh, uh, internet as a utility, right, which is something that people need to survive, uh, or, or at least they rely on it for, for many forms of, of, of um, work uh, and survival or whatever, whatever a utility. I think of gas and electric, right? That's yeah, what I water, think of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I think of. Um, Hopefully it'll show up on the uh, on the new Monopoly board. There'll be a little little internet thing instead of the water. <laughs> That'll be one of one of the the, the new utilities. Um, but uh, Connor, what was the point we were making before this? 
Cable card bullshit. Yes, the cable card. So there's a competitor to TiVo, um, and they're called HD Home Run. And there's a couple of competitors, but HD Home Run is one that I've been following for years, and they're pretty cool. And what's interesting, Gunner, is it, it, it really confirms what you're saying. HD Home Run, when I, I'm following them, they'll say, uh, hey, w- w- you can now watch Showtime. Like, th- they'll be like, hey, you can now use your cable card that you've already had. But our latest, our latest software update to our device, you can now watch Showtime. It's crazy that how how uncooperative the uh, cable companies have been with with the little guys that are just trying to be competitive in this marketplace. Now, what's interesting about the HD Home Run is, is it tries to kind of mix uh, uh, the two technologies. TiVo is a set-top box like everybody's used to. HD Home Run isn't really a set-top box. HD Home Run would sit wherever your cable line comes in. It could sit right next to your cable modem. And it clicks into your router and what it does is it is it puts cable as an internet or as a network service on your network. So what that means is you need an app right, in order to consume cable. And the apps that they provide are actually pretty good. Again, there's a service charge for the apps. I believe it's something like fifteen or twenty bucks a year um, in order to use the apps. But that means that you can now watch all of your cable shows on your iPad. Which, if you look at the trend. Uh, and how much you know how much YouTube and and stuff like and Netflix is being consumed on on iPads? It seems like a smart move, but the most interesting thing I have about all this cable card stuff, Gunner, is that it's all dead in ten years. Yep, the whole concept of the of the set top box is dead. Well, and, I mean, and that's like what I want to ask: Is this all kind of just a moot point? Because within the next ten years, I mean, how long before? The wireless companies essentially are the cable companies. Well, you, even even you get into this whole thing. Um, I mean, part of you want to get into the semantics and the power plays and everything else. You know, like AT and T buying. What was it? What, what wasn't Time Warner? What? Who did AT and T? AT and T ended up buying not Time Warner, but um, what media asset? Because it's the guys who own HBO. Um. It was it was definitely Time Warner that owned HBO. Was it, was it the media? Was um, it, oh, actually, no. It was the, was it the media assets in Time Warner separate from? Okay, yeah, because they did the, the okay. Okay, so they did spin off of Time Warner Cable. Internet. But no, because there have already been talks like they want they want to restructure HBO's programming so they're optimizing it more for mobile watch times and stuff like that. But part of that too is that. Um, oh, okay. You know, this so whole, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to talk over you here. Um, I believe this is what I was talking about earlier, where Time Warner Cable had had actually separated. Yep. But that um, uh, part of this too is that you get this idea that like HBO Go was like the second biggest, like I, I, it was second or third biggest streaming app after Prime and. Like who, who? Like, like from an actual number of. I mean, like you had to get, you had to have an existing account. Yeah. yeah so, I, we, but they they went they went from. You had to have a cable. You had to have a cable account specifically to access it. To you can just get HBO Go and like their fucking numbers. Well, yes. Spiked. Um, HBO Go is still exclusive 
to HBO cable now, subscribers. Is what he's talking HBO about. Now HBO is the now. one you can buy on the open market. Yeah, and it was a very smart move. And you're right. Netflix mm-hmm. is number one, and HBO is their next biggest competitor. Um, of course, we, we had the, the 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 conversation about Netflix um, with one of our earlier podcasts, and and one of the interesting facts about that was is HBO was not a direct competitor to Netflix. They actually are complementary to each other. Yep. Um, they don't steal each other's customers. But Netflix is an interesting one because Netflix is kind of, from, first of all, they set the standard. Second of all, they never lost, like, they, they just, they had so much momentum and it never died down. Like, they're still cranking out new shows. They're still cranking out original content. There's Well, that's like, that's well, the key. But <clears throat> even, even that, like, the whole premise of it, like, they started... With a business model, like they, they had the the business model that they started with was not the one that they intended to end up. Yeah, they with. essentially like the actual the, the disc, the disc distribution like through the mail thing was just a bootstrap. Like the ultimate goal was always we were going to figure out how to do fucking streaming or streaming over the the web to deliver this content, and we got to figure out a way to make this a compelling option. And you know, like as they got time, as they got the money, the money came in, then they could start doing their original productions. But this was not. You know, like they're, they they and now they're doing now they're doing million dollar episodes of TV shows. <laughs> yeah, more, I mean that's uh, that's the uh, they had, they had to figure out how do we not become just the how do we not go the way of blockbuster just digitally? And they're awesome. I yeah, mean, yeah, absolutely. It, it, like, have you have, have you opened up Netflix and it just sat there and spun? I can't remember a time that it's done it. No. And it's because they perfected certain technologies and made it seamless to well, the user. Number one, they do video degradation, and it's awesome. What they do is they pixelate the shit out of it until they get the high-quality stream. What that means is people with slow connections can watch the whole thing and just be pixelated. But even better, you get the fast start of the content, and your eyes don't even realize when it switches over to 1080 or or, or higher if you actually happen to have higher quality. They perfected the delivery of the streaming video. And that's, that's what I think is interesting about them. Not only did they perfect it, but it's never regressed. I've never. I mean, it kind of did a little bit when they when they went and said, "Screw you and your your in progress playlist." Remember, they remember the Netflix used to have a playlist for all of the stuff that you said. I'm a watch list. That's what it was. They used to have a concept of a watch list, and they got that concept of a watch list, and they just buried it on all other devices on the the, the Blu-ray players and on the on the consoles and on their website that whatever that was that watch list it's kind of gone now now they say this is what we recommend this is what you may want to continue watching and these are the things that are related to things that you watched before so i they kind of stabbed us in the back by get, getting rid of our watch list but besides that they have only gotten better over time and, and I think that they're setting the standard of what television is going to look like in the future. But Amazon has a very interesting one, too. Amazon Prime lists the shows that are available on third-party networks. And this is interesting to me because if you go in Amazon Prime and you search for a title that they don't offer you for free, they offer you different options. One of them is to rent it. One of them is to buy it. Another one is, hey, if you have a Stars subscription or you have an HBO subscription, then you can just watch this right now. So the Amazon model is, is interesting to me because they're almost becoming the search engine well, for streaming television. And actually, even if you want, actually, if you want to get into semantics, I mean, there's some Venn diagram overlap, 
but neither of the three big ones have anything resembling the same business model. Because Amazon is a content, I mean, like, you know, you have the streaming service from Amazon, but Amazon's thing is also, like, they're, they're the only one that actually allows you to buy content permanent, you know, like, basically, well, permanently, quote-unquote. But you know, Quote-unquote, like you yeah. You can, you can purchase content from them. Like, Netflix is just, a, a, Netflix is effectively, this is a better way of watching television. Yeah. And HBO is, this is a better way, this is a better way of supporting content that you would, you, you know, like, pr- premium content that you would like to see, you know, and like, you know, there's, there, I mean, like, you know, each of them has their own kind of branch to it and HBO none of them tr- are mutually exclusive. HBO is learning a thing from Netflix though. I mean, they bought Sesame street. PBS yes. no longer owns that. It is now owned by HBO. Well, yeah. You know, they, they took a, you know, when did that happened. No, that was a while ago. Really? It, well, because part of it too, is that, um, you know, it's, Sesame Street has a very robust merchandising. I mean, like you know, you, you know, merchandising mechanism. But it's it, it's also they need they needed that bigger swath of content because uh, unless like all the telecom companies are successful in basically trying to force us back into like eighties eighties television just with IP instead of uh, cable lines, um, that whole model just basically dies. You know, like, you, why, why would, why would, you, you know, my, my niece is like, we watch, they watch television, but they're watching Netflix. They're not, you know, like, they're yeah, not watching, no, they're, my, wa- they're not, they're not, wa- they're, they're watching HBO or it's on their fucking tablet. Cause you know, like my, 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 my sister has given it to them to kind of just like shush it. What's moment. interesting though, is that's a Netflix move. We're going to buy that title. We're going to bring that title on board. And we're going to offer the all the back the back catalog of that title. That's a Netflix move. Netflix has done this over and over and over again. They find shows like the first one that I heard of, although it might not have been the first one, was Arrested Development. They bought they bought Arrested Development. They paid to produce. I believe they produced two more seasons of it. Yes. Um, and what's cool about that is, what do they do when they're done with that? They reuse the main actor in Ozark. They're bringing back uh, Gilmore Girls for a second time too. <clears throat> yeah, um, and um, Jesus, uh, were they the ones that brought back um, Full House? Yes. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. They brought back so, Full I mean, House. That, I guess HBO pulled a Netflix by going and saying, "Hey, I want Sesame Street." What's weird though is Sesame Street has always, at least in my heart, it's I felt like it was, it was a, you you were born with permission to watch it for free. That's why it was public well, broadcast. And even even that, it's it's still PBS. It's just that there there's a delay between when new programs on PBS when when the new contents on PBS versus what's coming out on HBO proper. So so it hits HBO first. Yes, hits HBO first. So you're saying PBS is still syndicating it? There, well, yes, but they're, the, the, they're licensing there, there, the content there was, there back was, from. Yes, because the 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 Henson, or because it's not it's not it's not Henson. It's I think they're their own studio, but basically. HBO bought them and is paying for the production of the program, and then the PBS affiliates are capable of going and buying that as well for their own distribution. But you know, if if, if you do look at HBO perceiving Netflix as, as a threat, it makes sense because Netflix has an excellent kids catalog of content. Yeah, dude, my nephew and nieces, they are always watching Netflix. Like well, it's never television; it's always. And it started off Netflix. with these weird shows, like like some of them were were like like Russian cartoons that they just dubbed English. Um, oh, freaking Nickelodeon was so awesome for that shit back, <laughs> in, back in the day. Nickelodeon used to do that. All, all, like 
I don't know if you remember. Was it David it is Nickelodeon. It was very yes. Well, David the Gnome was Spanish. Oh, was it? Okay, I didn't yes, know that. It's, no, Nickelodeon was punk rock. It's all hell. Like it was just whatever we got. It was you know like basically all of the the movers and shakers of modern like quirky television came up through that because it was all these like subsidiary studios and you see these names kind of come up again and again and again. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of European and um, Japanese productions. Or like you know, like you see, you'd see like multinational ones where it'd be like this was a program produced for some public, you know, like some public television thing in, uh, you know, like the equivalent of the BBC or Sky in like Portugal or Spain or France, and then you'd have this whole dub, you know, like the whole dub, the actually like the modern anime dubbing crews come out of that work that basically when Nickelodeon stopped doing that, those companies went out of business. But all those actors and engineers and stuff were still kicking around, and that's kind of where the whole Japanese animation thing came from in the states. Was all these guys like, you know, they they had the connections, they'd been cut loose, and it's like here go, you know, like we want to eat still, so let's find something else we can sell. But I remember like when when I first got Netflix, I remember looking on it for kids content. Um, I made I cut the the cord when when my first son was one year old. So and it was because. We weren't watching television with the introduction of a, of a baby in our lives. That's why we cut the cord. And I remember being on Netflix and looking for content. And it was like these really obscure, like like fairly well-produced, but but not well-known at all. And they were like, it was like a Canadian cartoon or Canadian puppet show. Some weird stuff on there. And uh, But that, that was enough to keep people hooked. And I think, I think what HBO, I mean, HBO's got a kid section. Um, too and um, but uh, it's interesting because HBO's kids section a lot of it is just licensed movies it'll be like Spy Kids or something like that just as a I don't I don't mean to get off topic but I specifically it's funny you mention that because HBO has been doing or at least producing or at least purchasing the rights to show like kind of obscure children's at least specials does anyone remember Tim Curry was in this old Halloween like kids things like something the about wor- the worst witch or something. Yeah, like man, I remember that from when I was a kid. Which is odd. Well, no, and again, they, these are like these these cross promotion things because, um, and that's that's also been that's also been a problem is that um the the cost of producing this stuff is going up all the time, and you'll see these things where it's collaborations between all of these different channels. Like sci-fi doesn't pay for almost any of its original programming now, and you can see that you can see the difference in quality because any like the good stuff is not something that sci-fi is actually directly producing. It's something that they've chipped in with somebody else, and they have like this this immediate crucible. They have the Fox cancellation syndrome, which is that if it's if it's not if it's not a ridiculous return ratio on it, the lady will cancel it because their actual outlay into it is very very small. And they'll go to the next like Sharknado or. I feel like sci-fi. If sci-fi is like that that guy that sits in front of a YouTube camera and just says stuff for the sake of creating content, I. It's disappointing. I, well, it, it is disappointing. Uh, 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 I don't remember the last time somebody recommended me to watch a sci-fi program. Well, I think the last one was um, was like Z Nation or something well, like the, that. The, the, there's the, there's some, there's some the zombie Expanse, which is fucking which is fucking amazing, and it just went to Netflix because 
basically sci-fi pulled the plug on it and the production company was like fuck you we'll, we'll, we'll they keep just announced it. season two of that didn't they uh well they were season three but yes that the, the expanse moves yes it was expanse the one about the the belt farmers yes expanse season three we are on netflix right that was an that was okay. Um, you could tell that that the budget on it was a little bit low for sci-fi well, because all of the shots were were done indoors. There wasn't too many. There wasn't too much space footage for a show predominantly based around what? traveling to another planet. You know, but that's also, was that that's the also, one where they had people living on Mars too? Yeah. So basically, you have you have the, and again, part of that also is that um, that's that's thematically in line with the book too because it's not space opera like the whole you know like humanity is holding it you know like the, the expanse is set in kind of like this post-collapse world where everything everything is crowded and claustrophobic like firefly well earth is earth is basically this dilapidated hellhole like in fucking elysium where you know like the, the you know due due to just the nature of how things work uh, most of the most of the, po- the population of Earth is on welfare because they don't need them to do any work because the automation is there. You know, you have these plant, you have these fiefdoms where basically you have these wealthy oligarch families. Um, you know, you had the Belters and the Martian colony, which were basically labor for basically a lot, but they were the labor for they were the labor force for Earth. Um, the Belter the Belters are like you know the Belters are treated like the the Irish and certain indigent populations were in the 18th and you know 18th and 19th century you know like they'll just like if they're having an issue like there's actually a kind of a famous scene there where they fucking just space a whole bunch of them out the out the working dock because they were having a disagreement over their working situation and the supervisor like because they're not there's not they're not going to do anything to them they just they, they they blow them all out into space and you're just watching these guys free like yeah, that's Suffocate. the one too where they had like no water, right? Like one yes. drop of water was like a luxury. Weird, weird show. That was definitely a, a, a decent show, and that was that started on Sci-Fi. You said yes, but but they Sci-Fi ditched it. Was it because they couldn't afford it? Or? Uh, well, it's because it, again, it's it. Their Sci-Fi Sci-Fi has the same problem that like a town does where. Or, you know, like towns do, where it has to have a certain critical mass. You have to have a certain critical mass of people to make it worthwhile to have a town. You know, like or, you know, like to, to support the. You have to have a. You have to have a certain base to support this infrastructure. And sci-fi, sci-fi, was dependent on being stuck in all these other franchise agreements in the ca- on the cable side. But um, as time has gone on and their content has got, you know, like they're they're kind of like in this spiraling collapse where they're they not pulling in the, the revenue. spelling they're like we're not really well, science yeah, well, fiction anymore we're, gonna make it, we're just it's remember when court tv got rebranded to true tv it's, yeah. it used to have court on it all the time and then they're like no there people aren't watching that anymore let's just do reality you, you, tv you, you know maybe this maybe this also gets back to this idea that like we age out of this stuff but um i don't know about it's, that it's, it's, no well it's the same problem cartoon network has which is that Cartoon Network and Sci-Fi are both run by people who hate the material that the sub that the channel is based around. Like they're literally like you know, because it's US USA is the 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 like kind of like the first tier because it's USA uh, used to be Spike. I don't know what the hell it's called now. Um, it's <clears throat> yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's not. It's not. It's uh. 
because it was it's the it's one of the it's one is of it Paramount TV or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one weird of it's, it's one of it's it's one of the Viacom. Yeah, weird. You know, again, because there's a, this whole fucking media skullduggery thing in the background. As I talk, I talk shit about our possible future employers if we ever good at this. But <laughs> um, well, no, but so the issue is is that her primary concern is that USA is the most profitable channel on that whole group of them because. USA just does like maybe one or two original productions like Monk or something like that. They can fucking syndicate that stuff and, you know, have that. But um, none of sci-fi's original programming really gets into syndication. And all the stuff that is syndicated were programs that they bought, the sci-fi bought from somebody else for production there. You know, like CBS had the problem too where they have like, they, they have... They have like prime, you know, primetime leading programming, but they will cancel it because it's something that they're purchasing from somebody else, I, as I opposed would, to. I would love to see Cartoon Network get purchased by Netflix, Amazon, or HBO. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think that their interface, their web uh, interface, is the fucking worst. Actually, they're the hardest oh. to actually like. I I don't understand I why eight, what I the think, mentality is. I think AT&T owns them now, right? Because it's part of that. Because Turner Turner got bought out by Time Warner. Yeah, if it's a Warner, if it was owned by Warner, but what I don't understand, and they're not the only ones. I don't understand websites. Even HBO does this sometimes. Websites that drive you to a sixty second preview of something. What the hell are they doing? Like, why would they not just give you the episode? Is there people that are just dying for a 60-second preview, no, just a teaser old, of a show? It's an old model. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's an, it's an archaic and draconian way of thinking as far as advertising used to be, how it used to be. It's like, oh, this is enticing you. This is going to entice you. It's like, but eh, but no. they, like, hide. Like, every time I go to one of these, these, these shitty websites, I look for something that says full episodes. And then when I click on it, I still can't find what I'm looking for. Like they go out of their way to prevent you from watching it. Like you would Netflix. People like to binge watch and they want to know the last episode that they watched. Amazon figured it out. HBO for the most part figured it out. HBO does the same thing with vice. I don't know why they do it, but, um, if you, if you do like to watch vice and you watch it on HBO's website, when you go to the vice page, they they end up throwing these like these these segments at you. They do the same thing with John Oliver. They'll throw a segment at you instead of the actual episodes. I don't know why they do it. They, they, it's almost like they hide you from you know from watching from watching the series start to finish. Maybe because those both of those types of shows are are consumed live. I I think it's just because you're going to the website. Like I, I use the HBO app. I never run into anything like that. I just go to the episode I want to watch. Those are the only shows on HBO that give me that that, that they do that to me on. It's the oh. it's the John Oliver and the Vice. And the only thing I think of is because they're they're so current event based that that they assume that you're not going to want to go to a back catalog. Well, Vice kind of changes programming too, right? Like now it's yeah. like Vice News. Right. Like it's no longer Vice, which is kind of disappointing. I'm well, not really Vice into was, it anymore. Vice was never news. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the part of part. I mean, like I don't, I don't, I don't know if you. And that this this is a whole separate fucking discussion that we we could go into, the, the the you know news and the Gawker slash Vice post debacle era, because you know it, again it, it's this it's this kind of same guerrilla journalism. Gorilla, well, no, it's the, it's the same it's the same fucked up heads you know like 
it's the same fucked up headspace that they make fun of in Silicon Valley. You know, it's just like you know, there, there's just there's just this whole infantilism about things. Did you see the documentary now, mock of Vice? No. So documentary now, it's not really great, but uh, it's got uh, uh, Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live and um, another guy, and I think, I think it's Bill Hader. And I think it's him and uh, Austin, <coughs> the guy from uh, Portlandia. I'm, I, I don't know. I, uh, the, the, the name of the shit, Fred the Armisen. name of the program you're talking about is familiar. I think it's I those two guys, that. and they're both great. They're both great in Starnet Live, and and, uh, and Armiston, if I'm saying his, his name right, is, is, is terrific on Portlandia. But but they do something called Documentary Now, and it's really, it's not my type of comedy. It's It's... Like random sketch comedy, I guess you could say, but very specifically targeted. And they did one on Vice, and it was so funny. Like, it's crazy how close it feels to a Vice episode just by doing like the shaking cameras, like the huge text over the screen, um, the inter- like, the, you know, the, the way that they do their interviews and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's, when you were describing like, like how Vice does its journalism, it, it, I, I didn't realize how, uh, how, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Deliberately unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to call Com- those guys completely biased no, 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 and no, well, completely they, biased and skewed. It's it's this it's this it's this it's the same it's the same campy. Fuck. It's very campy. Well, yes, it's, there's a lot of schlock. No, it's this it's the same. It's attempting to do a long form piece in the same writing style as trying to convey an involved news story by a series of tweets. You know, it, it's just. That's me. That's whenever I fucking do that. It's like I do this every fucking time. It's me on a fucking segue, okay? When I do this, it means we're going to segue into the next book. Okay, one, visual, visual jokes on the radio do not work, too. I, it wasn't I a joke. It was I, just telling you we're going to switch subjects. I, I, Stop I, I, talking. I actually, I Continue to talk. Because well, I don't think segues have twist throttles. I, actually, I didn't know if you were just like kind of... Because I know that I know we were talking about up and down earlier, and you can't do it side to side. But we never talked about a hand job where you were actually just doing the motorcycle throttle on it. And not that I'm looking to. Not I've never been in a segue. I assume that you have to move your hands a certain way. It's, uh, it's funny way maybe because not. because I I know that you're trying to get us onto the next topic, but there's something mesmerizing about watching you ride the motorcycle. Oh, Jesus Christ! I just stop and observe. <laughs> it's like watching a car accident. Like I don't mean to, but I just stop. And I need watch. a fucking flash. Card or something. He's a cowboy. Just trying to do this right. He's a just cowboy. Trying to fucking <laughs> on a polymimetic horse, he rides. I just, just want to segue once. <laughs> just fucking he wants once. Us to um, go down the line. Yeah, we've burnt out spectrum. We we've burnt out spectrum so quickly that we've just been talking about Netflix for the last no like shit forty minutes. But that being said, you know what? And actually, you know, why are we watching? Why are we watching fun and fantasy online when? If we weren't such adults and bound down by, by practical responsibility, we could be going to fucking Nerd Mardi Gras down in Atlanta at the end of the month. What's like Nerd Mardi Gras? That is motherfucking Dragon Con, sir. I've seen, I've seen, I, I never, I've never heard somebody refer to it as that, but I just heard about it for the first time this year, so I'm not cultured. Um, what the fuck is Dragon Con? So Dragon Con. Can I just interject? It's definitely not Alex fucking Jones and InfoWars who I was going to compare to fucking Vice (laughs) and going to fucking segue to. (laughs) 
See, this is why the motorcycle doesn't work, Wade. <laughs> does the does motorcycle it. doesn't work. Well, We're actually, talking about really, drag really, right really, now, though. Yeah, and actually, you, 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 it, wouldn't, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, it, it would be, one would be going in one direction, one together, not the, both the same one, right? I, I don't, you, have you been on a Segway? Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with a Segway control scheme. Well, you, <laughs> of course, you are. <laughs> How does, just so I know in the future, when I want to look like I'm on a Segway, but not really on a Segway. You got to lean forward well, actually, uncomfortably. So actually, specifically, specifically the, whole point, the, whole point, the whole point of the Segway was that you didn't have a twist throttle. So there is no twi- twist throttle, is that no, what you're telling it, me? It, if you were using that, you were using an unlicensed clone, although I guess they're all licensed now. because the I, Well, Gunner, in fairness, if I were to ride in a Segway, I would fucking have you build it for me, and I highly doubt it would come with a license. It's a motorcycle Segway. It's a Segway with motorcycle handlebars, I, I would actually, I would gas, actually and just, brakes. I, I, I'd get you hooked up with a monobike, so it's just one wheel. What? 120 miles an hour. What the fuck is that? Oh, like we ride inside of it? No. Oh yeah, dude, I'm down with that. The wasn't Mr. that Garrison, in like wasn't it like Men in Black too? Yeah, but that was built like a dude actually built that. Yes. I think he either died or was no, he, severely he was, injured. He was, on well, it. no, because there's been a couple of them. Because there there is the 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 hubless wheel one, and he actually had like a fucking Buick V8 engine and transmission in it, and Jesus like he got, he got it up to like a hundred something miles an hour. And who knew that having a contact patch of only like. <laughs> Three inches traveling at two hundred miles an hour with a thousand pounds sitting between your nads was a bad idea. <laughs> well, you also have to hope that the that the gravitational pull of of your body, like to keep you, like you know, not you know, because you start flipping around. Like if there's too much friction. Oh yeah, no, there, there was there was always a problem. <laughs> you just start with it. flip, 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 flip. You see the you'd, flop. See, you'd see the ones where he had like the smaller one, and he had that problem too, like where it would, like it would it would kind of like see the bearing would kind of like drag a little bit, and he'd be like he'd be like swinging back and forth, and it like a like a like a swing as it was kind of just doing fucking tumble jerk. down the road. Yeah, <laughs> seems like a good weapon. It's like the like the kamikaze if you didn't one have wheel a, motorcycles. It's like a fucking modern days. It turned into a modern days Catherine's wheel. Is what happened to that fucking guy? <laughs> Every appendage available was snapped. But I digress. Um, so I don't know anything about Dragon Dragon Con. Con. Dragon Con, fucking nerd Mardi Gras. Is it just a cosplay convention or no? So um. I mean, like that—that that is a big part of it, but it is the largest single dedicated masquerade party, at least in the West. You know, uh, it, it, uh, you know, and it goes—it like dates back to the late seventies, early eighties. Really? Yeah, it's old. What are its origins? Because I, I mean, late seventies, early eighties. Well, it was a masquerade, right? I guess that's well. Was it, origins, that, that was right? the big thing because it's original. It was originally just a science fiction and fantasy convention, but the masquerade part has become kind of the, the you know the the, the big one because you know like as uh, so a multi. Uh, I'm sorry. So yes, founded in 1987. Originally, originally uh, is the is I'm. Making shit up as I'm making. I mean, a lot they call themselves multi-genre. Can that just be anything? Well, because it was originally just a science fiction convention. The, the 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 big the big thing you have to re- the big thing that you have to remember is that Atlanta, for the longest time, was uh the like the eastern equivalent of Hollywood. So you know, like you have all the you have you have your new media you have your original media in New York City, 
Hollywood originally started because most of the film production companies move. You know, you know, New York has always been big because of Broadway, because of the you know, like the just the the, the 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 that history there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, again, it's from everything from Europe is coming over there. Uh, but what happened was that when Edison invented motion pictures back in the you know the, the start of the last century. Um, he was charging licensing for every film that, like you know, he had this ridiculous licensing rate to to use to to make a make a motion picture, and Hollywood got started as basically to avoid Edison's copyright fucking irony number number one hundred one. But the whole the whole Hollywood establishment was an attempt to circumvent someone's intellectual property rights, uh, and what happened. Is that uh, during the late during the early '80s when Ted Turner was building his fucking empire out there? That uh, Georgia became kind of the the, the the Atlanta specifically became the hub of his whole production thing, and you know like overnight because Ted Turner had all this money from doing the, the you know the, just Turner Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they did you know like a Cartoon Network actually comes out of it like all of their original stuff because that they basically it was that that was their hub like Tur- Turner Broadcasting effectively built their own mini studio out there so all these new basically everybody who was not who could not fit in in Hollywood or New York came down there and you had all these production guys doing you know so you basically had these communities uh and it's also like part of that too is that like. During the '80s, there was kind of this just massive influx of artsy fartsy peoples in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere because you wouldn't think of Georgia as basically just kind of this, eccentric, you know, pit of eccentricity despite its history. Um, but yeah, because Atlanta, basically, you had this confluence of different circumstances. So you had all these television production people, you know, coming out to to Atlanta. You had this huge boom of kind of the college scene out there, you know, just artsy fartsy people. Uh, you know, beef the beef fifty twos, right? Like, you know, basically, yeah, beef twos are from Atlanta, aren't they? Yeah, well, no, because it, it, again, because Atlanta, 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 kind of is that the Atlanta is this giant melting pot because all this money came into all this money came into it, but you also had like these huge areas of like. I, 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 so you, you would the, you say? Would you say just to interject for a second? Atlanta in the eighties and nineties is what we probably think of Austin, Texas, right now. Uh, that's not an unfair. That's not an un. That's not an unmakeable comparison. Okay. So uh, having said all that, though, it was it was it. So you had all these artsy fartsy people. They did a whole bunch of investment into the city proper, because once it became not just a Coca Cola bottling and a Delta Hub. Uh, you know, like there was this massive in, because the the the. the Turner and the telecom industry made big inroads down there too. Actually, yes, really, it really is the Austin is the, the Austin situation. Um, you know, but it's its own spin. But yeah, so they started they started Dragon Con back in the late '80s, and originally it was just kind of like the, this one fantasy convention. But the, it's this kind of confluence of circumstances where you had all these crazy people who were looking for a place to party. They weren't going to fly out to San Diego. You know, like the Comic Con thing really hadn't started yet. And it was their own scene, and you had all of these like maniacs on the East Coast. You know, like basically Atlanta is in the middle of everything. So you're, you know, like I mean, like you know, it's a, it's a like a fourteen hour drive or something like that. 
you know, but but it's also because it's on a major airport. Like every single every single fucking airline in the United States flies through that, and you know, like actually Delta flights were real cheap. Again, I'm side. So um, it was kind of it was kind of a fun con, but they had this explosive period because what happened is that um, Atlanta did this huge project where all of the major hotels had this one convention center that they built. And it's like you have like you, you have the you have a Marriott you have a Hilton you ba- there's this one nexus where they have the con proper now, and you know like you have all these like really ridiculous hotels that are like critically acclaimed for just their architectural their architectural style, but they're also just huge. And what happened is they built all five of them, and all five of them are basically linked together, so they're continuously enclosed public space that you have controlled access to and what it turned in what what it turned into is what it went it went from a sci-fi con to like all this kind of you know like all this kind of hinky jinky stuff that used to go on at sci-fi cons and didn't get talked about but then it's oh by the way you can fucking drink the entire time in the party in air conditioning and never fucking go outside and it's like this it's this it's it's this what do you it's like it's like burning man without the without the hallucinogens in the desert so yeah. it's just where everybody could kind of let their freak flag fly and but the attendance is like insane though well, yes and it's like you have to it, you like uh, as, as a person who's tried to do this a couple times it's just if you do not you know like you really want one of the five hotels proper but you have to fight for it sure. and it's also one of these things where it's like you almost like you have, have to be a legacy. You have to be fit. a legacy to get it in, or you have to know somebody who's a legacy to get what in. Kind of, and what kind of money are you talking about? Like, let's say Gunner, like you, me, Trace, we said, all right, you know what? We're gonna fucking take this in a level. By this time next year, hopefully our bog- podcast is big enough. We're gonna do like an on the road show to Dragon Con. What kind of money do you think we'd have to be spent for the three of us uh, to go there? I mean, like what? It's not like, even like costumes or anything like it's, that. It's it's like pro. I mean, like it's not too bad. It's like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars or something like, like that a night? For, or, or, or a room for a room for, for the, the entire for the, for the weekend. For the, you know, yeah, but that's in that's in the popular rooms, right? Because well, yeah, they, because that, it's supply that, and demand. That's also but the you, convention. The convention. They said that in in twenty seventeen they had eighty thousand attendees. Yes. So. Yeah, this is crazy amounts of people. So that's the part that, that that's interesting to me is that it really wouldn't cost that much if you just stayed a little bit outside of the convention. But I don't yeah. know if you could get to it. Well, and again, like and part of you ever part been of to a convention this large? There's usually gridlock when it's going on. Uh, oh, in Atlanta, Uber's pretty good. But yeah, but Atlanta's one of the fucking worst. Yeah, worst. Well, but it's also places on uh, earth the, as the, far as traffic the Bart, goes. The, the Bart will get you. The Bart will get you there for the most part. Um, but again, it's part of the part of that experience too. Is that you know, despite the price premium and on it, it it's kind of. It's kind of you want. I'm not. I don't know if I'm stressing enough how it's nerd Mardi, Mardi Gras, and I don't want to say it's just you know, like you know people flashing their flashing their tits and stuff like that because it's not. It's not just that. Um, it's not just. It's That's not, not even all Mardi that. Gras is. No, like, no, yeah. but no, but it, it's, it's it's just it's kind of it, it you know it, it it serves the same kind of purpose as well. I mean, like you know, but you also have like all of these like super creative funky people coming to you know it, it's, and even that like. Comic Con is more of Comic Cons are more like the big ones like New York and San Diego are more advertisements for companies to like sell a thing, and Dragon Con is kind of this this idea of we're gonna have a party 
we're we're going to have a party for the sake of having a party. Oh, oh by the way, we all have something in common because we're we're like super enthusiastic about this. Like, yeah, and we're super nerdy. And we're thing. not sponsored by like Blizzard to do some sexy like pinup thing. You may find oh, no, some they'll, sexy they'll, pinup they'll stuff. All, they'll be all there. But, but it, okay, it, but, so but, so you will have well, no, sponsors no, it's, there. It's, or? it's not even it's not even that. It's like they'll be there. But there'll be like the people, like the the your performers and stuff like that, who do things like that. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I was just reading it. Um, I was just reading it, and, and it's it, the founders started it to be a genreless. Mm-hmm. That was really their point was to merge, um, to merge like a lot of the the sci-fi, the comic books, um, the video games. To, to merge all of that stuff into one convention. That was really the point to begin with. Their first convention had 1,200 people. Their second one had 2,400 people. And fast forward, you know, that was 87, and now we're, <coughs> th- now we're 30, 31 years later, and they're, they're probably going to beat last year's numbers of 88,000. That's insane. They've effectively doubled every five years. That's absolutely insane. Well, and and that gets into this whole thing too, where it, it Dragon Con is also unique because it's one of it's one of the few conventions that has the footprint as far as like everybody can be kind of relatively close to each other. Because you know, like you'll have your, you'll have you'll have your parties and stuff like that, and you'll have a bunch of people being crazy and like chairs getting thrown off the top of the hotel and stuff like that. And it's not all just that, but. You know, like New York City Comic Con or San Diego, you're kind of spread throughout the entire city. Like you may, you maybe you'll be at the convention center, but this is, this is, um, you'll be you'll. So like when Joyce and I do New York City Comic Con, um, hi Joyce, you know I listen to this anyways. Um, but when when we when we when we do that, it's. You know, like they've they've even outgrown the Javits Convention Center, so they're having multiple they're having multiple things across the city. Right. And this is in you know this is in Manhattan. Like there's an actual there's an actual restriction on like okay we have to have so many hotels spread across the island to hold the people to come for this convention. And meanwhile, you do Dragon Con, and basically you have like two rings where you have the inner ring, which is the five big hotels, and then you have the you know, like the, the the next the next one, which is about like maybe half a mile away from the convention space proper, which are all on the Bart line. So I mean, like you know, if you want to be you want to be dressed up as Cobra Fat Cobra Commander or something like that, you're not sweating your balls off, as you. Don't you pretty much have to go with some costume on? No, but it's it's part it's part it's part of just being properly silly as well. I mean, yeah, like, like you why know, you, you 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 know I, I told I, I think I've told that story before where I got pulled I, I got pulled over for photos at New York Comic Con, and like they I was like you know it's Jack Black or Doctor you know Doc Jack Black from uh, School of Rock or Doctor Who, and it's like no these are just my clothes, guy. It, these this, this this isn't ironic. This isn't whatever. This is just what I wear. Yeah, but I think like I think for a, a con like Comic Con, I could see like not going dressed up. But like I, it kind of feels like the spirit of Dragon Con. Dragon Con is like it doesn't matter how fucking bad you look. Yeah, no one will shit on you there. Well, like you, you, it is a safe space well, for you to get dressed up that, and have some that, fun. That and you have to, you have to. Dragon Con. You know, like the Comic Cons will do it kind of too. You'll see the groups, but Dragon Con is also unique because it's one of the few places where, like, um, you'll you'll see like groups get together for demonstrations, like because actually Dragon Con has a fucking or Dragon Con has a parade, and 
you'll you'll you like you will actually see the fucking justice you'll you'll see the full 900 roster justice league or the what is it the five so there's the 501st legion which is the star the star wars guys the imperial troopers yeah the imperial troopers yeah, yeah, yeah. there's actually like you know there are groups there's the halo ones uh i think i think the freaking coolest one actually is uh the cobra one so there's an actual fucking cobra army and it's like a military parade <laughs> And you'll see, you know, like again, just like people being creative, like because you'll you'll see guy, you'll see like disabled people with, you know, like come up with ways to integrate this stuff. Like there was one, you know, you go back to your segue. There was like there was one where dudes basically like there was the robot parade, and it was dudes who had built suits around segways because they were actually like paralyzed from the waist down, and they had built a rig to hold themselves up. <laughs> And it's just like you, feel, you see the fuck you see the fucking Doom Trooper robots running rolling behind, and it's but yes, it's it's this it is it, it is a space to express this stuff in kind of the same way you know like the same way that Burning Man is to a certain extent. So Burning Man has the art cars and stuff like that, or you know like the big per, the big theater pieces that they'll put on out there that you just can't do in an urban environment because you have fucking 25-foot gouts of flame coming up. And Dragon Con is along the same idea, but it's like, I have this I have this idea that gets exponentially better when it's placed in this context of all these other artistic people doing this one thing. And, yeah, but 80,000 like, people is a lot of fucking people. I mean, 80,000 people. people is a big-time college football game. Yeah. And... Uh, that's like people just packed in seats standing around watching. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. When you hear about like tailgating for big time college, it's like a giant ass party. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a giant ass party for several days. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it sounds actually, I didn't really think it would sound that intriguing to me until Gunnar started talking about it with the, with his, with his, with a boy like wonder. <laughs> There's a gleam in his eye when he well, talks it's, about it. It's, it's, it is, you will see stuff there that um you know and again like it's the full spectrum but effectively it's like this is bullshit this is not supposed to exist in real space and it's like oh okay i I guess there's i guess there's a fucking i guess there's a terminator hk or i guess there's a magic there's magical girl whatever or something like that you know and again part of part of it too is just kind of this ridiculous juxtaposition of I have the fucking orcs hanging. I have the Urukai hanging out with the with the Klingons or a bunch of fucking Smurfs or whatever. And the thing the the thing is is that you know like there's levels of different there's lo- different levels of commitment to it, but it's like you also have people who are really into being Smurfs and it's you know like they've committed to the bit and and then someone shows up and it's world breaking and it's even more intriguing. Well, it, it's again it's it's that and maybe maybe you know like. Maybe somebody's popping E too, but you know, no, no, but it, it's 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 what it's whatever it's whatever you're looking to get out of that experience, and there there is some there is something for everybody, and it's just as long you know again like there's always kind of like you know like there again you also have these issues where there's always kind of clickiness in some stuff. But generally, if you're not a dick, 
You will, you will, you, you know, it's this guy. Yeah, I never met you before. You're my best friend. Fuck you. You're so, well, I guess you're still my best friend, but fuck you. And, and when I was reading it, it seemed like the, that's kind of what the creators had in mind. They said that when they went to other conventions, if it was a five day convention, after two or three days, they were just done. They'd seen everything there was to be seen and they were bored. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense. What you're saying is it's like you can't get bored at a convention where there's really no like concrete general theme. The really only general theme is like you said, it's like nerd Mardi Gras. You just have a whole bunch of people. They all, they, because a lot of those, a lot of those, those nerd or geeky uh, uh, things People usually consume more than one of them, right? Yes. So, so somebody who who likes comics may also be into uh, um, a lot of anime. They may be into a lot of sci-fi. They, they run together. A lot of people like a lot of those things together. So, I guess it kind of makes sense to throw the you know the the, the largest variety show that combines all of them. And I, I, another thing is like I, I've thrown some some Halloween parties and. They're tremendously fun for adults. You really bring out some creativity. Kids, kids really are the ones that you end up going trick or treating. But their costumes end up being made by the parents half the time. Right. Yeah. And they're, it's like besides adult Halloween parties, when do adults get a chance to actually be creative and be able to wear their art, um, show it off, and and bump into people that. Uh, they have a lot of a lot of things common interests it sounds it sounds like a it sounds like we're going to go not this year though <laughs> not this year <clears throat> no next well next year though well, yeah. Yeah. let's yeah, do it yeah, next yeah. year let's go well as the friendship snake podcast obviously but go as three different snakes i mean like i i can i can hook that mm-hmm. i can hook that can up. you make that happen gunner i mean like yeah that's that's easy enough can you give me a cobra hood i was like you want to be serpentor Oh yeah, like a really janky ass version. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, you know, and again, like I, I like I like how it's also like there's also this this internal logic to things. So, like you have the Cobra, you have the Cobra Legion, which is like this kind of loosely affiliated. Like you know, these are guys. These are guys who go for like super accurate like Cobra uniforms. And it's all the, but part of it too is that it's this idea of like we have to be super accurate, and it's also like we're faceless fucking mooks. And to be a member of that Cobra Legion, and I I feel bad because I, I I should I should look it up because we're talking about it, and uh, I prefer to be Nemesis Enforcer to be honest with you. Well, but actually, I like the idea because part of part of the rule of joining, or uh, part of the rule of joining that group. Is that they will have people come through as like the the name characters like Destro and Baroness and all that stuff, but you have to come, you have to you have to sign up, and at all times be able to present in full like full like military inspection. Like I have the faceless blue helmet Cobra Trooper uniform, and they the again like there's also like you know there's ranks to it because like. It, the guy, the guy who, the guy who gets the most, like the goof points. Like, there's actually there is an there is an asshat battalion. Are these all J. Joe references? What are you guys talking about? Well, yeah, I'm talking about Cobra. yeah, the Cobra. So the there, Cobra there, there, there's the Cobra. There's the Cobra command staff. So there's Destro. And, and there's some there's some club. The, that's what I'm trying to pull up. Dress so, up. So you can enlist in this Cobra army. Yes. When you get there, 
And it's like you have rules to follow, like essentially. It, part of it's the like a game. The Cobra First part Legion. Of, part yes, of Dragon that, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, basically they're they're like oh well, my like, God. it's like it's like a con within a con. So you you have yes, you have I your guess own when thing. you have eighty eight thousand people you break out into a Oh my gosh. So there yeah, so here's here's uh here's the Cobra First. How do you Legion. know this much? Holy shit. Because Yo, that's no, actually, fucking that, but, amazing. But, the, but the, so they'll, they'll the actually they're showing. They'll actually do like a military parade as part of. It's got the, maybe forty people, all in costume, very detailed costumes. Wade and Gunner probably know who these people are. I see Baroness in there. Well, yeah, because they're but it, but you know you'll have the you'll have the command staff, and then you'll have like the the different troopers because all the co- part of the part of the thing is that. It's Cobra was full of faceless minions. It's like Hydra, you know, and it's like, it's like here we're just gonna th- all the G- all the GI Joes had names. I don't think they would accept us in. What do you mean? Oh, I mean I'm way too fat to be Nemesis Enforcer. Well, no, but you can. No, you I don't can, mean you that. Can, I you mean, can be a pit viper. Friendship Snake. We we would just go just go as random like actual snakes from G.I. Joe. No, no, not from G.I. Joe. We would just like pick three. We, no, we I I proposed I'm, I'm, at first I'm, yes, I'm, I'm to be our own thing in our own meta. I, yeah, I, I, people I was, have to I be like, what just, the fuck is it? I was yeah. just going to I was just going to make Chinese knockoff costumes derived <laughs> from <laughs> certain designs in G.I. Joe. So, you know, Wade, Wade could be like Dr. Mindbetter slash Serpentor with like the... Okay. With the, the, the with the nippleless shirt, I don't know what was up with that. It's like here, I'm a doctor. I'm wearing I'm wearing chaps. Look at my nipples and, this and is my totally, chaps. This, yes, I'm I'm actually a demented dentist. I mean, I'll do it, but I think that dressing as a snake. I think a snake is like the ugliest human costume. Well, there's a, there's a lot of. I mean, we could. Okay, we have time to think about it. It's yes, like we have like like there's like a spot in the back of our brain that just instinctively hates the look of a snake, and although they don't bother me that much, <clears throat> I don't know if that's what I want to look like. Well, in front you know, of all not, these strangers, we're not you know like we're not talking I'll, like I, super I'll accurate. I, I'll, I'll put on the weird foam snake mask that Gunner makes. It's it's not it's not like the creepy it's not like the creepy flesh fleshless uh, horse mask. That's that's worry. what it's gonna look like. I mean, like exactly. I mean, like if, if, if you're down with that, I think it's nightmare fuel. The thing was the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's only got worse. Be wearing one that looks that slightly resembles a snake head. It's, it's that's only, what that's what I'm gonna be wearing in front of eighty eight thousand people. It's, it's only got worse. But I'm in. I say we make plans and make moves. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we reach out to our uh, our like four listeners and see if they'll throw us some money, sponsor, sponsor yeah. a trip. Or even if the three people that actually listen and the fir- fourth that just put- punches the like button, if they want to give suggestions, that'd be cool too. Wow, yeah. that's that's kind of brutal. actually what would be awesome. Are is you saying, are you saying that it's fibs? Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to D. Great seeing you this weekend, man. It was fucking awesome seeing you. Yeah, we should have timed it out so he was on the show. But yeah, the thing should. is, is we were all in rough shape that morning. Is he coming to the wedding? Uh, I don't think so. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, now, Wade, you had a final topic. Um, Gunner's scrolling through snakes, so I'm going to take this opportunity I'm to gonna, do I'm just take this moment now. It's going to be a non-segue transition because I'm not going to be riding the Segway motorcycle as I do it. I'm just going to be obvious about it. 
Wade's riding the Segway motorcycle. Yes, I am. Right now now I know. Don't twist my. There's also a just go forward and back. Like just rock back and forth, and I bet <laughs> yes. you it fucks with the volumes on the mics. Yes. Uh, if it makes you feel, if it makes you feel any better, not that you needed to know this, but there's also an equivalent GI Joe Legion as well. Oh, okay. But Cobra's cool. Cobra's way cooler. It's like it's like uh, in World of Warcraft. See, Who the fuck guys, plays for the Alliance? For you guys, it probably makes sense because you watched the show. For me, like the people would ask me questions, I wouldn't know what to. I, well, I would have to go and watch a back catalog of GI Joe you to know even know who I you was. You know who Sergeant Slaughter is, right? I don't know who Sergeant Slaughter He's a wrestler. is. Wrestler. Yeah, but he didn't. Trace didn't watch wrestling either. Though. Oh goddamn! Tra- Trace, what were you into as far as like pop culture? Okay, no, that's not a good example. I was gonna say Power Rangers, but like, no, I didn't watch. I I really didn't watch any of the any of the uh, the action stuff. Like that was never my thing. Um, I didn't really watch a whole lot of TV because I grew up without cable. But yes. um, you know, I would watch stuff like um, uh, I would watch the dramas. I liked the drama television shows. Like I never, never really got into the sitcoms. But like uh, you know, my so-called life with Claire Danes, I liked that. Um, I watched Party of Five with Nev Campbell um, and uh, whatever Matthew Fox and whatever the other guy's name is. Um, so I watched stuff like that, but I, I never really watched. Uh, like I, I guess I caught myself watching a few episodes of Transformers, but that was kind of on its way out, mm-hmm. and I never really, never really watched a whole lot of Transformers. So when it came to the action, it wasn't too much I was into. Time and Jerry I liked, but even that was on its way out when I was uh, I was old enough to watch that on TV. Yeah, I guess I don't have a good comparison. I guess if I the closest thing I could do like. So who is the most intriguing character on my so-called life? Pretty confident. I know what most people would say. You might say someone different, but I don't know. I it's, I haven't even I haven't watched it in so long. You'd probably pick the main Jordan character. Jordan Catalano. No, it's the like bad boy, like forbidden fruit for all those you know prepubescent mm-hmm. female teens and like that's who like that's the alluring one because it's kind of dangerous that's why everyone likes cobra that's why everyone likes the horde but the weird thing bit. is though is is that i just take them for face value i don't i don't want i don't idolize anybody in these shows for me yeah. it's like watching a story it's almost like watching reality tv if to put it in, into into modern day terms when i watch a drama i just sit down and watch it i don't necessarily idolize them you know like i watched i watched animaniacs i watched so Tiny you don't Tunes. identify with any of characters in a, in a show you just you're strictly there for the story usually yeah it has okay. to be a very specific plot so like a, a show that i that i that i could definitely um uh relate with a character is uh you know, like 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 in Fight Club, where you have uh, where you have you know Brad Pitt's like he's like the badass version of the guy, and he always wants to um, always wants to leave with a bang. And then uh, Edward Norton is like the nice guy, and and the Edward Norton character is the one that's usually trying to find peace, and he's usually being shit on in his life. I watch something like that, and I'm like, okay, I can relate with both sides of this character because we're all faced with whether or not we want to be the loud asshole or we want to be the nice guy that keeps peace when we enter a situation. So there's a, there's definitely moments where I, I do relate, but it's not like the, like, it, it's usually not like the supervillain or the superhero. <clears throat> it, it just me personally, and I think that's why I, I don't have the same appeal to, uh, to the comics. Uh, that you guys do um, is because if it's if if it's if 
if that's what draws people in, then then they, they've lost me as a viewer. I need a little bit. I, I, that's not my draw. My draw would just be a good storyline. Yeah, I think you're in the minority in that. Or with these people anyway. Maybe you're with in the majority people, overall. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's tough for me because I'd go to one of these conventions and I would be a poser. In well, a lot of ways, well, I'd be a you know, poser. But it's, it's also, it, this also gets into this thing of it's, it's funny how many different versions of the same story exist. Because if you get in the G, you know, again, like there's part of it, part of it is this whole kind of schizophrenic take on, um, so G.I. Joe is, maybe this goes back, G.I. Joe is intentionally campy because they're all like code names and, you know, it's like Dial Tone, our communication specialist who has this giant 50, you know, like this giant backpack that's like twice the size of his torso. And this is our, com- this is our, comp- our, our compact communications array. You know, like roadblock, uh, ship, ship shape. Wasn't that ship the Shipwreck? Shipwreck. Yeah. The, the, the Navy pirate-esque. Yes. The Navy you know, guy like, that talked like a know, pirate. Like, again, it, it's, but in each of these character archetypes, each of these characters, which is like, you know, the kind of the boy, you know, you get, you get the undertones too, but like, it's, all of them are like over the top stereotype depictions of these archetypes that they're supposed to represent. And you go with that, but then you go back and like, you know, again, this is kind of like the maybe maybe like is a person who is not able to indulge in a lot of frivolity when they were a kid as well. I mean, I I don't know, maybe this is where the the the, the two takes as well. Like I saw this some of this stuff on TV when I was a kid cuz you know, my father some people some people go play baseball. I watch television with my father. He was always tired, but you know. But the other thing is, is that I didn't get a lot of I didn't get a lot of stuff when I was a kid either. You know, was, I wasn't like I got these toys. You know, like I wasn't like I was like the 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 kids whose parents were buying them all this shit. But there's this kind of schizophrenia where you have this kids show, which the, or the GI Joe cartoon, which was supposed to be like you know, kind of like nobody ever got shot. Everyone's like you know, you're seeing like thousands of rounds go down range. And no one's ever like horribly injured or maimed or something like that. And the worst is somebody gets cracked in the head, or they sprain an ankle until the movie. Um, but then you go and read the fucking comic, and it's like, it's all this like, oh, by the way, we got ship, you have shipwreck and Zartan and all this stuff. And actually, no, there's all this in like involved serious shit. Like, um, Cobra Commander was uh, this. It's it's kind of like this mix between the dude from the Postman, where it was like the dude who r- ran the army that was like destroying, you know, the dude who ran the army, like the Army of Eight, was originally a photocopier salesman, and he just like had his shit together and he kind of like built this organization. And Cobra Commander wasn't like this fucking lizard man; he was just a dude, and he like he was like a Vietnam veteran who had come back and just kind of like. Got, you know, like he had the fucking Joker moment where he kind of just broke, and he built this whole fucking organization basically to bring down this Western world. And there's like all this fuck. There's all like this like really fucking serious subtext. Meanwhile, with like fucking village people are in like village people actors in the background. But no, it's like there's like and again, it's it's kind of like this. The thing was is that like there's these trash brands, and 
what will happen was that you have these trash brands of media and you have these like really serious writers and it's like they need a freaking day job to get they need a day job to kind of keep eating and you would have these kind of throwaway you would have these throwaway items and the corporate parent didn't really care as long as nothing too controversial you know, like no, as long as they didn't get flack for it they weren't paying attention it's just did an issue come out yes and you would see like this real serious like you know there was like all these fucking discussions about like racial tensions in the United States like the unfairness the unfairness of capitalism stuff like that and it's a fuck it's a fucking book that was based around characters that are like two steps removed from her derpader in the f- format that most parents were familiar because parents are not going to be it's one thing to watch your kid watch television it's another to read a com- you know, like read a comic book over their shoulder and it's just this kind of like this all this subtext that came in in, in the background and it like you know it, it, it's because even like even the throwaway stuff like transformers you look back at it like you know there's this whole pathos that kind of comes in later and like the transformer comics were absolute garbage but then you go like to the uk stuff and it's like there's this whole like idea of like basically the as they say basically again like the the movies kind of you know like the movies and stuff touch on this too where it's like the the transformer the transformers story was not a happy one because it's it you're you're watching this whole fucking civilization and species basically go extinct over the long term because they just can't fucking they can't fucking sort themselves out and like you know there's there's no happy ending in this story but but this is I guess this is the part that, that that's so strange to me is you got these kids and they idolize these characters. You got these these kind of like subliminal messages of bigger world problems uh, under the covers. And I don't know, to me, why don't you just talk about the real the, the real problems that like like I, I can watch South Park and I can relate with some of those episodes. I can relate with some of those characters. You know, I might want to be Kenny at the end of one of the episodes. I, I very rare, rarely want to be Cartman. But the same goes for uh, The Simpsons or for uh, for Family Guy. Um, but you know, a Simpsons episode is closer to a drama. I mean, it's 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 in a lot of ways a, a sitcom. But usually, there's like a start, middle, and end. There's like there, each episode has its own specific. Uh, a, a purpose that they're trying to solve or a specific problem that they're trying to solve. Um, I, I watched a little bit of um, of Gem. You guys ever watched Gem? The original Gem? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not like with the oh GoBots. Oh, my God, it was so weird. Yeah, it, it was a weird one, and, and it reminded me a lot of, of how I felt when I was watching G.I. Joe with my brothers growing up. That's, that, it's very surprising that you say that, but yeah, I, can yeah. Totally, I totally get because that. Because you, you have these pure evil characters, and you have these pure good characters, and the pure good characters are, are they're just so glamorous. And I mean, that was actually, I think, part of the intro for Jem is how glamorous she was. Yeah. But, and, and, truly out, they were truly outrageous. And, and truly, as people hear me hear outrageous. me admitting that I'm watching Jem, um, the, the reason I watched Jem is because I have kids, and it was it was some of the content that I thought you know they would be interested in, and they were they were somewhat interested in it. Um, I didn't really I didn't really get into it that much, but I watched a lot of those episodes, and it was more like. Um, I don't know. It, it it was more like like uh, th- there was definitely specific problems in each episode, but it was a long like a long battle between good and evil. You know, it 
there was there was these constant evils that were always coming back and like you said, I think Cappy is a good word for it because they always came back to screw up the episode just enough so that nobody really died. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really that much conflict and just to give them enough ammunition to be able to pull off an episode uh, the next time. But yeah, I would be a poser at one of these conventions and unless mm-hmm. I showed up as like Bart Simpson, I would be a poser. That's, that's a thing too. And, and uh, yeah, I guess Bart Simpson. Bart Snakeson? Cool. I, I definitely related with Bart. And when I was growing up, Bart actually oh, had... Barney. Oh, Homer. He, Bart actually had, like, a, so, a song on the radio. You remember that? The Bart Man. Do the Bart Man? Yeah. Do the was Bart that it? Man. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, like, played on the pop, like, radio. So I actually, I see you as... Me, I see that more was, as Duff Man. <laughs> you got to start doing those planks like a motherfucker right now, though. But, yeah, I, I just, we'll, just, we'll just get you the cape. I was at a Five yeah. Below, which I, I don't know how if those stores are all over the place or if there's something for the I East think Coast. I, I don't think it's regional. I think they're everywhere. Yeah, I was at a Five Below and I saw um, they had Duff beer cans, which I'd never seen before. Maybe they're all over the place, but I'd never seen them before. And they had Duff beer cans and they had some, you know, soda in them or something like that. And uh, I'm like, I want to fucking buy. I want to have Duff in my refrigerator. I want to open up my refrigerator and just have Duff. But it was like three dollars a can, so. You Duff pretty much man. just go home. Really and wishes one. he'd finish that pre-lock list. Yeah, you Boy, just want like you just thing. want like one of your friends to have like the Barney drool coming down his neck, just sitting on a bar stool at your house. I, I could do that. I could do a Simpsons character. I don't feel I don't I don't feel like I would be too much of a poser. But I'd be done, a poser if you were an original if you were original Friendship Snake. Character. I mean, like again, we're not we're, we're not talking about doing mm-hmm. anything. We're not t- talking about doing anything. That's like true. That but the moment that you guys make me hang out with the Cobra guys, then I'm fucked. No, why? well, this is the thing though. This is why it'd be amazing because like Cobra is like they're they're strict like GI Joe what world or whatever. But then it's like, but they're also dudes. Cobras in the name, which no, is a no, snake. Well, <laughs> no, but like you're like dudes, nice nice original Cobra costume. What are you talking about? Yeah. What? No, it's this, friendship snake costumes. No, this is this is this is just our clothes. What? Are you t- seriously? <laughs> I'm saying we do it. I'm in. I'm all in. Whether it be Trace goes as Bart, as a middle aged <laughs> Bart Simpson, that actually might be the that might be better. But if not, then we make we make original friendship snake universe costumes. I again, um, um, really, I'm just. Kind of enthused the idea of you having a giant dopey fucking snake head wrapped around. What your if head? I was Bart Snakeson? That's what I'm saying. Like a little hybrid. Yeah, like a Bart Simpson, but like like the the skin tone's a little bit snakeish, and I kind of have snake eyes. Yes, you definitely still have the spikes though. Yeah, Gunner, can you make me a Bart Snakeson costume? Uh, we can do whatever. Is that, wow, that's really loud. Yeah, we can do whatever. Do we? Do we do we all have weird spinoff costumes? I don't know. I just yeah, do what I, I got to put some thought into it. I do what I want. <laughs> but yes, I mean, do you, do you, do you do you also like want the giant like uh, bare chest muscle suit? Bart Simpson didn't have a bare chest muscle know. suit. I don't, I don't know what Bart Simpson has. <laughs> Did you not watch <laughs> The Simpsons ever? I don't believe in the atom. Is it? Is this like Carrot Top, where like just one day he shows up and he's, he's just got fucking huge jacked muscles. as fuck because he's been yes pumping fucking TRT abuse. Mm. Who would win, Carrot Top or the jacked kangaroo in a fist fight? Oh, jacked kangaroo. Connor. What about the masturbating kangaroo? I haven't seen him. Me either. 
But he's going to beat Carrot Top. Every, anyone beats Carrot Top. Are you sure? Uh, I mean, Carrot Top is a fucking terrible, terrible comedian. And because he's so bad at comedy, that makes me think that he didn't have really much of a challenge in life growing up. Aside from, you know, he's having that fucking outrageous hair. and He's a fucking ginger. Right. <laughs> so, like, I don't think he he grew up that tough. However, it no, must have been very Nate, difficult. Nate, you, saw, you saw South Park. Nature is deliberately conspiring to murder them at every single moment of yeah. their life. South he's Park almost fifty. Right. Do you know how long? Do you know how he's hard almost fifty? You know how hard he's in he shape to be? for almost fifty. I mean, he looks fucking weird because he's had plastic surgery as well. Dude, what if I went as Snanky, the the Christmas snake poo? Oh goodness! Wow, that would take a lot of work. I think Snake Simpson, Bar- Bart Snakeson, is an instant winner because it incorporates two yeah, he's two um, he's fictional aspects of your of of like that you're actually interested in. He's fifty-three years old. Well, good for good for Carrot Top. I still think he'd get his ass kicked by a fucking kangaroo. Hey, are are you are you saying? Do you want to see him and Joe Rogan go down? Joe Rogan would fuck him up in uh, a second. I actually remember. I remember this conversation. Both comedians going, too. I remember this. And conversation. they both. I mean, frankly, I'm not, I I love Joe Rogan. Like I, I really really do. I listen to his podcast quite a bit, but I don't like his comedy. It's not very funny. No, but like. I think I think this. He's very smart, but he's not very funny. They, they had this on Opie and Anthony at one point, and even Joe was like, "I don't know." <laughs> Against Carrot Top? Well, carrot. Part of part of it is that people people see the dude who does the "I pull the dumb thing out of the case" bit, and. You know, he 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 started getting jacked for kind of the same reason that Rogan did, because Rogan wasn't always like fucking MMA. Yeah, he was. Jiu-jitsu. Rogan's been doing like Rogan's been doing martial arts since he was in in his early twenties. We're looking shit up on the internet. Taekwondo, I'm pretty sure, was his first martial art. That's why he kicks like a motherfucker. God, please let me be right. Please let me for once in my life be right over Gunner. Why? Um, it's not about winning. The power it's not about losing. It's not about losing. Look at the look on your if, face. What if we went to Dragon Con as the jacked kangaroo? Uh, is it 14 Ninja Cup Karate and began to compete in Taekwondo in 1981 U.S. Open Championship Tournament as a lightweight? He was Martin Massachusetts Full Contact State Championship. So when did that start? Fourteen. Uh, yeah, and they retired from competition at twenty-one right. because he can't, can't suffer from frequent headaches and fear of worse injuries. Right and cue the end music. Well, let's, let's look at Carrot Top. <laughs> what you gonna, What are you gonna find in Carrot Top? Oh, he actually competed in the Olympics under an assumed name. Yeah, but what did he do in the Olympics? Was it a sport that you required? pull a trumpet out of a fucking top hat, get his ass sent home? <laughs> Why are you championing championing I'm carrot not top championing right now? Anything. <laughs> you fucking are. I just like the fact that you're not the first person to have this fucking conversation, and it's actually like a it's like a, it's it's a Google fucking suggestion. It is <laughs> Joe Rogan versus Carrot Top. Is it? I know it? he's been Carrot Top has been on his show. He has. Car- yes, that, that's for sure. Yeah, 
did they almost get into a fight? Not that I'm aware. No, they're they're did they're cool. No, no, he's he's pretty fucking. I mean, Carrot Top's actually pretty. Or just Scott Thompson, he's actually pretty fucking. Uh, did you just say cool by person. his real name? Yes. Why would you do that? Oh, actually, uh, I guess. Well, no, you you were correct that uh, Joe Rogan's been doing it longer than him. Uh, he actually he actually started MMA training, roughly the time that he got super jacked too, though. All right, so he started MMA training in his thirties, maybe his maybe his mid to late twenties. Uh, but but he's also jacked, you know. He's also juiced out uh, to the fucking. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Uh, but I, I think the moral of the story is: it's Wade was right. Wade was Wade was right. Q and music. Just just say it once, Gunner. He'd already did. Well, actually, to, no, he did. If he had to retire, oh god, no! <laughs> Come on. If he had to retire you at age twenty-one, you can't. Does it, does it technically count? Who could last longer, Carrot Top or Joe Rogan, in a submersion tank on DMT? I think. I think the problem is, is that you're asking. You're, you're framing again. You you were right that he he was he has a he has a history of martial arts. We can training. stop there. That's fine. But <laughs> I just say it's also like kind of a dumb question because it's not, it's like they're like you're because cool? you were wrong. Is that why no, it was a dumb no, question? No. <laughs> oh, because I think Patrice O'Neill. I think Patrice O'Neill oh. went off about this at one point too. I I remember this conversation coming up on Opie and Anthony a couple times. Well, we're going to do some research on yeah, that. You know what, Gunner? Um, what I'll do is, is I will, I will leave a little editorial piece at the end for you. I don't care if you can find evidence from Opie and Anthony where Carrot Top wins. Oh, actually, yeah, uh, actually, it's re- he's referred to as retired mixed martial arts fighter. Who is? Uh, Carrot Top. What's his record? Uh, two, two, and zero. Interesting. Hmm. He won two fights, but he lost. As well, and what's the zero? Actually, I take that back because it's it's, it's oh. a bull- never mind. That was a bullshit. That's a oh. bullshit stat. Fake news. No, we, we don't even have we don't no. have time to talk bullshit about Infowars. However, we are at about the two hour mark. So yeah. yes, we are. It is time for us to leave. Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us for then listening to our podcast. Please, uh, you know, give us a like and uh, maybe shoot some suggestions on some future topics. Uh, thanks, everybody, again, and uh, we'll see you later.